here's a message from Ken Lavica. If you're Mito Pereira, there's one thing you're doing today. You're not watching your own highlights. Absolute disaster at the PGA. Stone the Benowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Now, I know that there are very, very few of you that knew who in God's name Mito Pereira was before yesterday. But if you're Chilean or one of the few that started rooting for him because he was an underdog story at the PGA Championship, uh, good luck getting through at least today in your sports day. That was brutal. Ken Levicka live Monday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, always in on Mondays. And uh, we are in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the wholly uncomfortable and Makes you wonder why you still live here intracoastal. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He is in control of this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Uh, Theo, I think before we, we jump into what happened to the PGA Championship, though, uh, a, a bit of a, a post-mortem on what happened Saturday and Stone. Play the music. That was pure, mm. unadulterated... Mm unrequited grit from the heat on Saturday. That's, that is as, and I tweeted it at KLV 106.3, one of the most inspiring NBA playoff performances I've ever seen yes. in my existence. It was almost the perfect win. Like, um, yeah. It felt like the perfect win. Wire to wire. You come out, you throw the haymaker. The other team believes they have a chance at home. The crowd's getting back into it. They're cheering. And then you just drain the life out of them with that Max Spruce 3. And I want to be clear, too. Because, oh, the Heat almost blew it. The Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler in the second the half. The whole second half. They allow the Celtics to go on a 10-0 run to cut a 25-point lead to 15 going into the locker room. Mm. And then you're like, all right, Jimmy will settle it down. But then there's no Jimmy. So then the Heat are starting to, to hang on for dear life. They still led by 15 going to the fourth. You knew the Celtics had another run in them. They had another run in them. But what happened when they absolutely needed a bucket? Max Struess. Yes, sir. Bam Adebayo. Yes, sir. Victor Oladipo. And there's your win. After we sat here, Stone, and Chris Carlin and Chris Canty on, on Friday are just absolutely kicking the heat around. Gentlemen sweep. Slow death. <laughs> series over for the heat without Jimmy Butler to do that was just sensational. And finally, I don't know who to give the credit to, whether it's Eric Reed, whether it's Ken Levick Live Monday and Tuesday uh-huh. crew, but Bam, Someone got to Bam. Abadayo mm-hmm. finally showed up and was assertive and took over the game. That is right. It, it was it was really really inspiring. I mean, I think that's the best word to describe it. The best word to describe it. Bam was where where has that Bam been? Where has that Bam been for really since the playoffs last year? It, it's a great question because for me, watching him do what he did, it felt nostalgic. It felt kind of like that uh, that bubble run that the Heat had when he had those games where he really dominated. And I'm I'm wondering if he's playing that way because he knows there's so many other options. Like he's getting passive, like Jimmy tends to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think he went overboard with it. Like Jimmy is a vet; he's been doing this for years. He knows when to pick his spots. I feel like Bam has been kind of relinquishing his own role. Yep. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It, so so now, Bam uh, Abadayo, our, <laughs> our, our Amish center, it, it, it just a, a fantastic game three, and they do it again. By the way, St. Lucie battery entire breaking news, and Tyler Hero is out mm. tonight for the uh, the Heat. How do we feel about that, though? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's it doesn't help, but uh, Tyler Hero was unplayable in yeah. Game 3, so yeah. if he can get himself right and be ready for a game, uh, a game 5, depending if it's a closeout or you're trying to turn it into a closeout game, I'm fine with that. Because he, he was brutal. I mean, abysmal 
uh, yeah. uh, on Saturday night. And, and you would hope some of that has to do with the quad, or I'm I guessing hope. that's what the injury is, Fingers right? Fingers So you would hope that that's the reason why he played so poorly. So, yes, you want to get him that rest and get him back at home. But, like, yeah, I, I would have hated to see him go out there and try it again because it was bad. Uh, so Jimmy's going to give it a go, it looks like. Jimmy's going to give it a go with that knee. By the way, do we think Peyton Pritchard injured the knee? Peyton Pritchard no. grabbing at his leg? Because the more and more I look at the replay, look at the video of it, I think Peyton Pritchard might have uh, tried to purposely grab Jimmy Butler's leg. I'm just saying. He broke the code? Yeah, I think he broke the code. <laughs> I know it, it didn't look good as in like it didn't look like what else as was he trying to do? He's a dirty, gutless coward. Yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't look good, but I don't think he purposely tried to do it. And also, I don't think that's what injured Jimmy's knee. But it didn't look good. It didn't. I I don't know. Uh, the more I look at it, maybe because I've, I've watched it 250 times, yeah. I think it was Peyton Pritchard's fault. That's just and me. each time you watched it, you got. I got angry and angry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I try to be objective with these things and be a little more level-headed when it's Not my me. team. Not me. Right. I feel you know like when it's my team, I'm like, okay, let me try to figure out like, yeah. am I looking through it with the wrong yeah. kind of colored lenses? I here? swear to God, I almost tweeted yesterday. Peyton Pritchard might need to get the UD treatment. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's how hard I believe that Peyton Pritchard purposely tried to hurt Jimmy Butler on Saturday night. Uh, but we'll, we have we have receipts. We have, uh, we have a whole lot of, I can't believe that person said that pertaining to the Heat. We have plenty of time to do it, and we will get to all of that stuff, I promise, because I'm still flying high after Saturday night, mm. and I'm feeling cocky. But yesterday, PGA Championship, the way that ended, and if you didn't catch it, you missed one of the most gut-wrenching, vomit-inducing face plants that you are going to see in a major sporting event. And it all falls on one guy, 27-year-old rookie, uh, a young Chilean named Mito Pereira, Mm. who was excellent. All weekend long until the moment where he had to not not be excellent. He just had to be average. Average, exactly. And what does he do with a one-shot lead uh, going to 18 with the two guys who are threatening him already in the clubhouse? He steps to the tee. All he has to do is par 18. The short par Southern four, Hills. too. It wasn't a too short, tough of a task. Right, a short mm. par four. It's not like... We're talking uh, a a Beth Page black par five, eight hundred and fifty yards or anything, okay? And so, so he steps up to the tee, and on CBS, this is what happened to Mito Pereira. He's going with a lot of club again. Oh, oh, look at that! Oh, he did the same thing yesterday. Below, but this is going right. Yesterday was up the left side. This. Couldn't make a follow through. Where is it? Oh my goodness, it's in the water. Oh my goodness. He puts his drive in the water. He mm. proceeds to take a drop. Pretty decent shot then on what's his third on the fringe of the green. And what does he do on his fourth shot? He just completely biffs it off the green into the rough. Two putts, double bogey. Settles for third. Meanwhile, Justin Thomas, Will Zelatoris, who were behind him mm. when he stepped out of the 18th tee to go to a playoff, and Justin Thomas, the Jupiter resident, wins. That is about the biggest nightmare that you're going to find. That's Greg Norman-esque. That's, that's Vandeveld-esque what happened yesterday. And because Justin Thomas won, I think we'll remember it more. Like if somebody, sure, if because somebody, people know who he is. Right, because people know who he is. So if it wasn't him, maybe Mito would get a pass and, you know, we wouldn't remember it. But sooner or later, might yeah. see a documentary He's about it. He's lucky that nobody knows who he is. He well, has to live with it. If Justin Thomas pulled off that totally. same sort of collapse, Ooh, that would be, then it would, be, it would be major, major, major news where that's all we talk about in a 24-hour news cycle as opposed to us spending like 20 minutes. On it here today, <laughs> but it speaks to a bigger thing. Like if you're if you're a, a a Mito Pereira fan, let's just play a hypothetical. I didn't know the dude, and I host a golf show every week here on ESPN 106.3. Okay, mm. but in Chile, where he's from, he's a hero. I mean, this dude is well known there, and you're sitting there and you watch that take place yesterday. How do you get over that? I mean, that's one of those where it it hurts. I mean, it physically hurts to watch take place what actually took place. Like, for me, the comparison to it, 
Me as a White Sox fan, I remember when the Cubs won the World Series, and this will occasionally happen if one of my teams, like the Dolphins, have a bad loss. Like a last, It's typically after last-second losses mm. or massive comebacks against your team. Like Saturday night was aiming to be one of these situations until Max Strew saved the day. But uh, I, I, I don't sleep after it. I avoid ESPN, any highlights, Sports Center, any of that stuff the next day. Like, that's my coping mechanism. This is God's honest truth. When the Cubs won the World Series, that happened in 2016. It is now 2022. It's late May 2022. I still haven't watched the highlight of the final out. Mm. I can't bring myself to do it. It's my coping mechanism. I shut everything out. So I'm curious. After Amito Pereira had one of the bigger choke jobs that we've seen in a major event, you or your team suffer a similar heartbreaking loss, something that hurts, hurts the way it went down. What is your coping process after you or your team suffers a heartbreak loss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063 because if I was a Mito Pereira fan, if I was into him from a golf standpoint, all these TVs in our energy and Levine Accident Attorney Studios on ESPN right now, they'd be off. Mm. I can't watch it. Wouldn't be able to bring myself to do it. Or you'd break them. Or something. <laughs> something. But my, my coping mechanism is just to ignore. To ignore. It's not to drink heavily. It's not to alter my state of mind. It's just to ignore it. Like pretend it didn't happen and give it a couple of days for everything to, for the acceptance part to take place. Now I know with you, Theo, mm. and you have an array of teams that present heartbreaking <laughs> losses on a regular, regular basis, whether it's the Canes, whether it's the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Heat have been pretty good to The Heat you. have been good to me except for the 2011 finals. That right, hurt. right. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, you, you have plenty of heartbreaking losses, but you're also someone that likes to talk trash to people yes. at their lowest sports moment. So how do, you, how do you handle a heartbreaking loss? So I'll tell you one that isn't necessarily my team, but it was a team I was pulling for and had put money on at the time. Oh, so money got involved here. All right. Right. 2016 NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. The Golden State Warriors. So this is the thing, though. I had – the reason why I was pulling for the Warriors wasn't even because I was like a Steph fan, a Warriors fan, but in 2015, the year prior, I was telling people all through the regular season, this is a serious contender. They're going to be good. They can win the title. I got berated. I got bashed So you wanted vindication. I wanted vindication. They win the finals in 2015. Everybody has the excuses of the injuries Uh on the Cavs. Uh So 2016 comes around. I'm like, they're back. They're good again. They can win the finals. Yada, yada, yada. They're up 3-1. I already had money on the series against one of my buddies. And watching that lead fall away between the Draymond uh, suspension, the I think it was what? Who was the big man that they had? Andrew Bogut got yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Iguodala got injured. All of this stuff well, happens. A, a, right, right. And Draymond is uh, getting all testicle kicky. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he deserved, obviously, to yeah. get suspended, yeah. whatever. But after all of that happens, to see the Cavs pull it out the way they did – I still, like to this day, I hate when people bring up the big block LeBron had on Iggy. I hate when people bring up the Kyrie Irving shot from the wing. So this is personal pride it's for Theo. It's personal. It was heartbreak because it was a personal pride yes. thing for you. Not even just it being a team I root for. <laughs> it was like it was like your reputation my face. was on the line. Yeah. I'm like, you got, you, yeah, you got sand kicked in your eyes. And I lost money. And I lost wow. money. Now, so all I, of that piled up. No, I, I think all of your LeBron slander loses credibility now because now I know where it comes from. That's no, 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 no. I love LeBron. I don't have LeBron slander. It doesn't sound like it. I love LeBron. He he won a couple championships on my team. So. And, he, and he scarred you in 2016 he did. permanently. No, no. 2016 hurts to the core of me <laughs> because not only after that, everybody was acting like it was the greatest championship of all time. They're playing it on the TV uh-huh. for the next three weeks. Cleveland, this is oh, for yeah. you. I'm like, dude, we got, come on, guys. Like, I mean, I'm over here trying to dig for excuses as to why I might have been right, but it just happened on the wrong side of history. I'm uh, I'm still sick from that one. Oh, man, so, yes, funny. similar to you, I shut it off. I can't watch that. Yeah, stuff. see, but it's it speaks to a weird mental thing that we do because everybody processes these things and everybody uh, moves in a direction that's different from one another. Some people will just own it. And they can accept it, or it doesn't matter that much to them. But in my world, these things matter to me. The Cubs being perpetual failures mattered 
to me. Mm. And then when them, and really what hurt me the most was their fans feeling happiness. That is why I could not bring myself and still have not been able to bring myself to watch the final out, to see the celebration, to see the happiness, because I didn't feel, nor do I feel to this day, that Cubs fans deserved it. Ooh. And it was always me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> as a point of fan pride, I had the White Sox World Championship in 2005 to hold over their heads. Mm. And I thought that maybe, just maybe, I would go to the grave being able to do that. My final words were going to be, the White Sox won a title and you never did. Mm. And unfortunately, that will not come to fruition now. Uh, and so I, I but, but there are some games where that stuff happens and my thing is to block it out, completely block it out. Theo, in a similar way. Yeah, can't watch it. There, he has a visceral reaction to LeBron in that 2016 finals and, being brought. And I, I really didn't think Cleveland, the city, deserved that championship. The way that they acted like, you know, just kids and, and ridiculous when LeBron left them burning jerseys. And then the Comic Sans owner, who I refuse to say his name, I didn't think he deserved <laughs> the championship either. So I was kind of happy for LeBron James. But I was like, the rest of these fools, the rest of these idiots don't deserve that title. That's how I felt about the Cleveland Championship. Uh, King Trey tweets, punching the walls. Oh, my goodness. Now, I do know people that get to wall punching or get to electronics punching. I don't do that. I'd prefer not to have a broken hand. I'd prefer not to break something that's extremely expensive. I think that it's a little bit childish. But I, I I have boys who punch walls when bad sports things happen, and that's a different breed of person. Now, that is a common gambling trait. Really? Yes, it is. Breaking stuff is what you do. Not a TV, though. Wait, is... Oh, yes. You've seen some broken TVs after some some, some games, and a lot of that, or I would say 80% of that has to do with you know your finances. Wait, is is breaking things a common gambling trait? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Stone just said Friday Night Lights just declared that breaking things is a common gambling trait. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Is it a common gambling trait? But so you know some of these people that punch walls, punch. <laughs> brick walls, oh, punch no. TVs. You know these people. Oh yeah, I know plenty. And and the the common thing is immediately you look for the cheapest thing in the room. Like what don't I need next <laughs> so week? So why do they? What go can for I the sacrifice? What can I yeah. sacrifice? Why do they go for yeah, the TVs? That That's my understand. problem. Maybe it's a twelve-year-old TV, fifteen-year-old TV. It's too small. You want a new one anyway. That one's got to go because you lost. I don't know four hundred dollars <laughs> oh on goodness. this. That TV six hundred. You know it can go. So now you lose one thousand dollars. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't yeah, like loss. that. Yeah. So so here's my question too. So I like the punch a wall thing because I know how to fix drywall now. Like I. I know how to patch no. up a, a hole in the wall. So that's a net zero, right? Right. If you break a TV, that's not even gambling. That's stupid. You're just throwing money away. See, the, I wouldn't go for the TV. I would go for, like, the, the cheapest chair in the room or a, or a picture <laughs> that, you know, uh, that I don't like. You know, it can get just smashed on the knee, whatever it is. I've never had it happen to me personally. Never been <laughs> that angry at, at a game. But, uh, no, I've seen it happen plenty of times. You've never been angry enough as a fan to punch a wall. Why do I? Why do <laughs> I, I have a hard it. time believing I don't believe that? It. You should have a hard time believing it because yes, it's happened a few times. Uh-huh. <laughs> he already uh-huh. told us what I items know. he would go for. Then I, he right. said I would yeah, never do that's it. That's the thing. He laid out an entire blueprint yeah. of how you pick out what to punch after a loss based on what it costs. Like yeah. it's the Price is Right of breaking <laughs> things. And so then you're trying to tell us you've never punched something after a loss. Yeah, you're you're easy to see through. Yeah, there's like a coffee table that has four legs or four <laughs> wheels and one's already broke. You just go after the one on the opposite side. Oh so so God. it doesn't fall completely and it'll still do its job. But yeah, you just go for the cheapest thing in the room. That so don't don't sit on any furniture at Stone's house if right. you go over there. That's <laughs> that's what I've learned from this. Now, I I have it as a when I was still playing sports travel league baseball i have gotten home after a bad game where i went like over five i uh, got picked off all that stuff you go home I, I there was one time i went home i had a pitch back in my backyard and i was just frustrated whole drive home just mad i get in my backyard grab a baseball throw it as hard as i can at the pitch back and it came back and hit me in the cheek Oof. i mean just idiot Talk stuff about karma yeah just idiot stuff <laughs> then i was like you know what 
I need to calm down. But then I, I like as soon as I got hit with the baseball, I saw red. I was super angry. But I'm like, if I do this again, I'm gonna hit myself in the in the forehead. So well, but the, the Bible bad says happen. when you get hit on one cheek, you turn the other cheek or something like that. So you should have taken on both yeah. cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fantasy Brad tweets as a Philly fan. My coping process is to wait for the next crushing loss. Oh man! Can you That's take sad. enough crushing losses like Mito Pereira yesterday to where you're not affected by them anymore? Yeah, some fan bases go through that on a constant basis. Let's, like, there's just no getting out of the basement. The Bills fans in the laughing. 90s. Yeah, Bills Yeah. I feel like by yeah. the fourth time, you got to be like, we know what's going to happen You become here. numb to it. You know what? I, that is a great question, and there's a lot of Bills fans out there. By the time you lost Super Bowls three and four, <laughs> did it even hurt anymore? That's like the, so messed the up. First one, the first one, I mean, that one is the ultimate, I don't know if I can watch sports again. Type of thing. Which one was the first one again? That was the Norwood field goal miss. Oh, man. That was the Those one against are, the Giants. Yeah. So, the worst, at least yeah. the other three were blowouts. And then the Bills, I think, had a lead in the fourth one at halftime and then got blown out. But the Scott Norwood one happened in the first one. Bills fans, by the third <laughs> or fourth Super Bowl, did you feel heartbreak any longer? Or were you just willing to let everything play out, and you moved on with your life. Mm. At what point, Bills fans, did the heartbreak end in your four consecutive Super Bowl losses? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So, Stone, what this has turned into, it's one of those days where we go through the opening 20 minutes of the show, and we immediately have three things <laughs> that we're putting out there. Sometimes this day happens. So, Three things. Here's your homework, okay? When you or your team suffers a heartbreaking L, what is your coping process? That's one. Two is breaking things after a loss, Mm. a common gambling trait. And three, Bills fans, in the midst of your four consecutive Super Bowl losses, Mm. how long did it take for the heartbreak to uh, subside? 888-760-3776. 760-3776. Again, that's 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Uh, real quick, let's hear this Amito uh, Pereira interview. That dude, after all of that yesterday, Theo, made his way over to Amanda Bellionis and CBS and stood in front of the camera and talked about what happened mm. on 18. Mm. Like that, that is owning it. That's tough. I, I have a ton of respect for that guy for doing that because he doesn't have to do that, and he did do that, and he presented insight to where we at least understand a little bit more. But listen to this, and also put yourself in his shoes. Imagine you have a one-shot lead, PGA Championship, going to 18, pretty easy hole by all standards, and this swing was awful. I mean, it was ugly. He didn't even follow through completely, and he put it in the creek, and he lost the tournament, and he finished third, but then he goes and still performs a meteor responsibility. Here's Mito Pereira, CBS, after choking. Mito, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I know it's not easy, but how do you process what just happened, especially on eight, on 18? Uh, it's tough, you know, to finish like that. Really good week. Uh, I didn't play really well today. Just needed to do a, a couple more birdies. Just hit it a little bit better to, to win, but um, just happy to how the, the, wing, the week turned out. I mean, on Monday, I just wanted to make the cut, and on Sunday, I wanted to win. So, uh, really hold to that and take the take this to to learn from 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 the future. We talked yesterday about everything that you can learn from this 18T. Talk me through it. Did it feel like you were moving faster than you wanted to, or what were you feeling in that moment? Uh, I re- I mean, I wasn't that. I mean, I, I was okay. Yeah, I just it was so weird. I mean, you see, it's uh, not a good swing, but. Um, just wasn't, wasn't thinking about the, the water. You know, it's weird that I just hit in the water and told me, hey, it's weird that I went in. But uh, I guess it's, you have so much pressure in your body that you maybe you don't even know what you're doing. Your best friend, Joaquin Neiman, called He's you fearless. We know this is not yeah. going to stop you from succeeding in the future. Thank you once again for joining okay. us. By the way, if you want to hear... The epitome of professionalism in reporting, in journalism, why Amanda Balionis is in the position that she's in as the top on-course reporter at CBS. That interview 
is case in point. I love her. That is as good as it gets for someone who has just suffered maybe the biggest personal disappointment, not of his career, but his life, his entire life. And for her to ask the right questions, but do it in a delicate manner to where he can he laugh doesn't about shut it. down and he actually is laughing about it. Amanda Bialionis is as good as it gets, period, in mm. this profession. But also, I mean, it takes some guts to get. I, I don't think I'd have it in me to go actually do that. Can like I pour to interview a guy after that? No, no, well, to be that guy. Oh, so and go oh, yeah. and go accept an interview. Yeah. No can, way. Can I pour salt on the wound real quick? Mito Pereira would have won $2.7 million if he got a par on 18. His double bogey gave him a tie with Cam Young and a check of $850,000. So he lost one oh, point. He lost $2 million. $1.8 million. Yeah. <laughs> but come on, on. come on. That's, that's got to be the biggest payday of his career. On though. one swing. Oh, yeah. On so, one swing. On one swing. If you're him, you can't look at it that way because nobody expected you to be top three anyway. Like he so said. you earned 850. Yeah. You didn't lose two mil. It's, you know, and, and uh, it, that's exactly what he said. He has to, but that's what he has to, if you're going to talk about yeah, coping right. with something of that magnitude, you've got to put it in that context. Like you put your, you have to look at the bright side of, I put myself in the situation, yeah. in the position to be able he to said, go for two points. He yeah. said on Thursday, I was hoping to make the cut. And on Sunday, I was hoping to win the tournament. Yeah. yeah. But then I could come Still back successful. and say, um, who's to say you're ever going to be in that position again? That's true. But he's I mean, he has eight hundred to be a thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the money still. He still won. Now if he dropped like to tenth, then we're talking about a whole right. different discussion. But right. he dropped to third. He still got eight fifty. He still has now earned some respect. We know his name. We're talking about yeah. him. Like his spo- a, his sponsors will treat him well. It's a net positive. This. It's a net positive. Uh, but it sucks. I I I think we've talked about it. We have talked about it on the show a lot. Like I I do try to. It's why I'm I'm empathetic. I try and put myself in someone's position if they've done something questionable mm. and I tried to put myself in Mito Pereira's shoes walk into the tee up a shot Ooh. never been in that spot before you're a rookie and not only would I have put the drive in the creek I would have vomited down the front of my shirt as well before <laughs> I hit the drive or while I was hitting the drive I, there is no way I'd be able to stand in there and succeed I don't think I would have pulled the driver out I think, <laughs> I think I mean, I would, you just start putting yeah <laughs> I would just I would just inch up to that hole so delicately uh, it's a good call, not pulling like, out the driver. Theo like, bust uh, out a six iron, and he's just like <laughs> laying up the entire par four. To be honest, I don't think any of the experts would have been mad at him if he yeah. pulled out a three wood and yeah. hit it off the deck. I you agree. know, two fifty, just right down the hatch, and, and get on with your day. Just try to par. A try to par. Worst case scenario, you get there late, you know, and an extra shot behind, and you bogey, and you go into the playoff. Exactly. Yeah. I promise you, I would have. I, me pull out the driver in that situation. No way. I'm lucky the driver got me here. I don't even. I don't <laughs> yeah, even bring yeah. the driver with me to the golf course, yeah. and that's a fact. I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I don't say, have it in my bag. Leave that thing at home. Theo would have defied the odds already having the lead at 18, <laughs> even finishing the tournament, making the cut with that <laughs> right. driver. I'm like, oh, I've gotten to this point. Let's put this away. Yeah. We've had our fun. You've done your job. Yeah. We we hit. The, we went bang bang with the ball real long, yeah. and so now it's time to bust out the irons and put this away. So again, a three parter and un intended three-parter here Mm. as we kick things off for you on this Monday. After you or your team suffers a heartbreaking loss, what's your coping mechanism? We feel bad for Mito Pereira. That's the first question. The second question is Stone's declaration. Can we get it confirmed that breaking things is a common gambling loser trait? And then the third question is Bills fans. At what Super Bowl within the four straight losses did you stop Feeling anything? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter at KLV1063. Hey, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. That's our title partner here on Ken Levick Alive. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 22 years, 22 years of guiding the sports executives of tomorrow. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Oh, I've heard of it, but but why is it so, why why do you talk about it all the time? Because it's internationally renowned. In, in academic circles,
schools. Uh, this is something that's not just, oh, it's good in the state of Florida. Oh, it's good in the USA. No, 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 no. It's ranked number 19 on the entire globe. You're getting an elite education with the path laid out for you to get into the sports industry and realize your dream job by getting your MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. Whether you take the classes remotely or take them on campus in beautiful Boca, it's right there for you. Check out more. Find out more. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sport, the FAU MBA sport management program. We take your calls when we come back. Also, when we return, there are a lot of folks that need to be called out mm. after what happened Saturday night in Boston. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Thank God for Max Drewis, right boys? Whew. What would we do without that guy? Man. Oh what man. would the Miami Heat be this year without Max Drewis? That's a legitimate question. Where the, the fact that 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 is not only something that is said and put out into the universe, but there's actual there's an actual question yeah. and a debate to be had about it is stunning, and it just shows how good the Heat organization is. That's but true. but where would the Heat be without Max Struess? Not just in the postseason, but during the season. They're not the top seed if not for Max Struess. Mm-hmm. They are not up two games to one against the Celtics, if not for Max Struess. They aren't beating the Sixers in six if it wasn't for Max Struess. I mean, that dude is, he's right now, he's invaluable. Is he a long-term piece? I don't think so. Um, He's key to that lineup, though. It's the spacing. You know, it's really the spacing and the ability to make a shot like he did last night, or not last night, it felt like. You know, every night I relive that I know, game, so I I, I'm going to keep saying last night probably well, these throughout playoffs the show. feel like they're taking forever. Oh, my goodness. But I can't believe game four is already tonight, though. Uh, It'll be fun. But, no, Max Struess, the spacing, the shot making, and also the competence on defense is is unmatched. Let's, uh, let's just relive. And I don't even think that I was excited when this moment happened. This was more... At least uh, delaying the uh, jumping off of my roof mm. with uh, Jalen Brown getting the, the the Celtics to within one, coming all the way back from down 26 on Saturday night. They pull it to within one, just a couple of minutes left, and out of nowhere, Max Struess pops an absolute rainbow mm. and bangs in a three, and this is really where the Heat started to regain their footing a little bit. But let's just let's relive this from ABC. Struggling to score. I wonder if it's a, the, if he's hurt. Struce for three. It's good. Mm. Max Struce. Oof, man, that was mm. such a relief. You heard that net? I know. I know. And, and they th- were they were talking about Tyler Hero, I think, struggling to, yeah. to get get it going. And then the next possession with the shot clock winding down, there's Bam, who's just leaning in and hitting that impossible jumper. Mm. And that's that at that point. And then Jalen Brown is just handing the ball to Victor Oladipo Ooh. over and over. We need a new phrase again. So you know how they say like taking candy from a baby? How about like taking, taking the, the ball basketball from Jalen Brown? From yeah. Jalen Brown? Like Oladipo like literally owned that dude and, it, and it's shocking because Jalen Brown still had a forty ball. Yeah. Yeah, but he was yeah. like, it felt like Jalen Brown was a net negative out there because when they gave him the ball and Odell Depot was in front of him, it was like he was the boogeyman. Uh, yeah, it was Jalen Brown as good as he was. I mean, he's a turnover machine. Oof. He's absolutely a it turnover was machine. But 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 it's not anything that the Heat did. Oh yeah, of course. It's not. it's yeah. never anything that the Heat do. Nineteen steals. No, nah, that's not the Heat. That's not the Heat. They talk about the Celtics turnovers as if they were throwing the ball out of bounds. Oh, yeah, no, right. They were getting or, the ball taken out of their hands. Well, the way they're talking about the Celtics turnovers are like uh, Jason Tatum's getting the ball at half court, turning and punting the ball. Into <laughs> yeah, the stands. Like. oh, that's, that's all on the Celtics. <laughs> it's amazing. The um, the NBA TV after the game in their post game, they yeah. had on their their Chiron. Uh, did the Heat win the game, or did the Bo- or did the oh Celtics give it away? Gosh. Like, what are you doing? The Heat won. They, they they led wire to wire. How did the Heat not win right. the game? How can you well, give a game away when you never led? That brings me to this. I'm sick. We are just constantly, 
And after Ime Udoka brought it up in game one, so did Peyton Pritchard, gutless coward who injured Jimmy Butler. <laughs> this whole quarters conversation. I get it. The Heat have not won all but two quarters in this series. Okay? I get it. I understand it. It's 10-2 in favor of the Celtics. You know what only matters is two games to one in favor of the Heat. Yeah. But on on the Athletic, ESPN, Sports Center, all of those entities on Saturday night and trust me I was paying attention or bringing up, "Oh, well, the 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 Celtics have a 10 quarters to 2 advantage on the what Heat." What is that? I have never in my 37 years on this planet, and I have worked in basketball for the last 16 of those at the collegiate level, Uh. never heard any analysis ever muttered, ever mentioned, ever broken down that included, hey, we lost, but it's okay because we won three quarters. Yeah. Or this team is really, really good and has championship aspirations because they win so many quarters. That's not a thing in basketball. <laughs> Nobody breaks down basketball based on how many quarters you won. Stop it. And the and the ten players on the court have no idea what the box score looks Zero. like. Zero. It's not yeah. like they know they won the third. I mean, of course, you're told probably in the huddle like you guys that was like you know consensus. It's a good quarter. You had a good quarters, court. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It's not like you know you won that quarter by six points. It's ridiculous. The funniest thing about it was I think the third quarter of game three was a tie. Yes. And I was just rooting and rooting and rooting for the Miami Heat to lose that quarter because I just I I love the idiocy that comes out whenever the Miami Heat win because everybody's looking for anything to point to other than the Miami Heat are good at basketball. I mean, I, I've watched the game for a long time, and I was trying to think back. Yeah, There have been a couple of times in FAU basketball blowout losses where Dusty May, uh, after the game, he does a post-game interview with me, and he'll say, yeah, that first half was really rough. Um, uh, we won the second half, but uh, we need to go back and figure out what we did wrong to put ourselves in that position. That is how you approach that. Yeah, it's it's not a discussion about who wins quarters. It's a discussion about how not to get down twenty six points <laughs> or be outscored by twenty five and a quarter. Stop focusing on the quarters and how many are won. This isn't boxing. We're not judging (laughs) rounds here. We're playing a four-quarter basketball game. You want to know why the Celtics lost game one? Because the Heat kicked their ass in the third quarter by 25. Want to know why the Celtics lost game three? Because the Heat kicked their ass almost the entire first half and had them down 26. That's why. It has nothing to do with the Celtics. Ooh, the Celtics won three or four quarters. Congrats. You're down two games to one. That's loser talk. You know, the, the thing that happens here, and it's funny because this is what I talked about when the Celtics were brought up as a potential match for the Heat. The Heat, or the Celtics specifically, this team, the way that they're made up, they fold. When the getting gets tough, they fold often. They're a team full of front-runner guys who are good either when it's a 10-point gap and they're behind mm-hmm. and they just have the willingness to shoot threes because it doesn't matter, or – if they're up by 10, right. then they're taking these step-back threes and all of these contested jumpers and making them. like They're a great front-running team. When the going gets tough, they fold. That's why these runs become 25-point runs and the Heat will win a whole quarter, and then they don't have to win another quarter for the rest of the game because they built up that lead. Right. Like, if the Celtics weren't so, if they didn't have such a high foldability like James Harden, oh, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Foldability. Then we wouldn't have to have this discussion. But they are like that, and that's why the Heat can win two quarters and also win two games. It doesn't matter. 19 steals. Okay, The Celtics turned it over 27 times. That's... Uh, ah, the At Celtics. Home. The Celtics so sloppy. The Celtics so they're they're killing themselves. They're hurting <laughs> themselves. No, you're right. The Heat had nothing to do with any of the 27 turnovers or 19 steals. You're yeah. right. That was, the Heat aren't doing anything in that spot. It's it's just Jason Tatum punting the ball into the stands. It's just Marcus Smart headbutting the ball into the scorers table. You're right. Nothing to do with the Heat. It is. It, listen to Adnan Verk Saturday night Sports Center. I want you to listen to his assessment Mm-mm. as he is giving the highlights of of why the Heat won, how the Heat won. Just just listen to this from SportsCenter, the goal of Adnan Verk to even say what you're about to hear. Combine the countdown crew, Jalen Rosen company was just crushing it with the half of game one. Jalen's going to join us in a second. 
and took advantage of a depleted Boston lineup. That is for sure. What, what depleted lineup is he talking about? Uh, uh, no, no. What depleted lineup is he talking about? Because Marcus Smart went to the locker room and then orchestrated an entire Willis Reed, Paul Pierce return. Ridiculous. Jason Tatum hurting himself. And then he was so hurt that three minutes later, he bowled that same shoulder into a screen and committed a foul on Bam Adebayo. Depleted a Boston roster. They had one one rotation player that missed the, the, the game completely, and that was Robert Williams. Marcus Smart played. Jason Tatum oh played. It's because they went to the locker room. It's not depleted. One more time. What what it, what am I missing? What am I watching or not watching that those in Bristol or in New York or in LA are apparently watching? At what point were the Celtics depleted more than the Heat who didn't have Jimmy Butler for the whole damn second half? What am I watching? <laughs> depleted Boston lineup. That is for sure. I, I don't want to hear that guy's voice again. What is that? I, I don't. I, he gets no more airtime out here because wh- why is it? Wh- I, I, I have no Depleted words. Boston roster. How many excuses do you have to give it's to this incredible. Boston team? I mean, Theo, we've checked every list of excuses. It's everything now, uh, and I bet he's going to say the Heat were probably getting more whistles, and I, I bet in his mind maybe the Heat were even at home. Yeah, maybe the Heat were even at home tonight. Ma- tonight it's going to be oh, the uh, TD Garden was too humid. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if he had a recency bias, you could say that. But the recency bias would lean towards Miami yes! with Butler getting out, you. Hero getting out. Like right. those are the guys. Right. That was depletion. PJ Tucker. Right. Of course. We don't even know if PJ Tucker was going to play Saturday night. You know but what, the list though? of excuses is endless. It's like a scroll. Maybe he didn't watch the game. He might not. I'm have. starting to. I'm starting to Good call back into. Maybe he didn't actually watch the game yeah. because some of these guys, some of these anchors, and a lot of people that talk on these games and these sports, you know, they can't watch everything. I'm not blaming him for it. Maybe he didn't watch the game because if he didn't watch the game, you know the highlights he saw were Marcus Smart's WWE return oh, we'll and get Jason to that. Tatum's uh, whatever the heck that was. He got the ball taken from him and then he fell out. Like, that's what he saw maybe because those were the highlights they were showing. So I'm not going to blame him. I'll blame the people around him. So, so it's clear that everybody else wants to make excuses. Yes. For the, the Celtics, the beloved Celtics. It's clear. And when okay? did the Celtics become beloved? When did this become America's team? Why well, is everybody pulling for them? It's like we talked about last week. People love nostalgia, Ugh. and the, the Celtics in the finals makes people feel good. It makes a certain section of the population, those who were budding sports fans or in their prime sports fan uh, era of the 80s, it makes them feel good yeah, that they're going to be back. Uh, they're a traditional franchise, but it's gotten ridiculous, this caping for them and this excuse-making like the Heat have nothing to do with being up two games to one. The Heat put themselves in this position. Nobody else. The Heat had a lot to do with the turnovers on Saturday night. The Heat had a lot to do with absolutely running the Celtics out of the building in game one. The Heat are rightfully up two games to one, severely depleted. Um, But Jimmy Butler didn't play in the second half. But it it goes back to Carlin and Canty, but they're talking about Friday. (laughs) Jimmy Butler's not a superstar. Jimmy Butler's been the fourth best player in the postseason. No, 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 no. You saw how... how um, how important Jimmy was when a 25-point lead disappeared yeah. without him. Uh, but what have we been talking about, too? The depth, the depth, the depth, the depth. All of that matters. I haven't heard one of these, one of these people talk about, oh, you know why the Heat are winning? Because they set up their roster and they have the most depth yeah. in the NBA. And give Victor Oladipo his flowers, man. Hell that dude yeah. balled the hell out. Hell yeah. But I want to ask, since nobody nobody wants to actually give the Heat credit for anything, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. I'm opening up the floor to you, okay? Since nobody wants to give the Heat credit, it's all a Celtics excuse. To you, to you, what's the biggest factor as to why the Heat are up two games to one on the Celtics? Not to mention the fact that, oh, Jalen Brown, uh, they're, they're, they're being too physical. Uh, call falls. That was one of the biggest free throw discrepancies I've ever it was seen. Terrible. The only reason and why the Celtics were in it, the Celtics were in it because they kept getting so many ridiculous calls. I mean, it, it was astounding because they weren't getting to the bucket at will. They no. weren't getting off good shots. They just kept getting calls, and they do a lot of flopping. I get it. So sometimes they're going to get a couple whistles, but it was ridiculous. And I get it. They were home too, but that's what kept the Celtics in that but game. When you're reversing a call where Bam is clearly fouled, he takes a shot from uh, Grant Williams across the wrist, loses yeah. the ball, should be going to the free throw line. They look at it. And then they overturn it when clearly Ridiculous. his arm is being yeah. hit. 
that's incompetent. Yeah. That's incompetent officiating. And the Heat overcame all of that because of their depth. To you, what's the biggest factor as to why the Heat are up two games to one on the Celtics? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ooh, they won 10 quarters. <laughs> Michael's in Royal Palm. Michael's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Michael? Hey, guys. I, I, I've been hearing you guys. And let me tell you, I am a diehard Heat fan. I'm a Heat fan. My wife and I, we go to all the games. And this team, this team is relentless. They are going to whip the Boston, you know what. They're going to whip them up, man. I think the they're Celtics gonna, gonna beat them I think the Celtics are having problems with how physical the Heat can make this series. And I think there's an aspect of veteran leadership and we're not going to back down to you. Jason Tatum, PJ mm. Tucker bullied him Bully on ball. Saturday night. 10 10 points. Yeah. Yeah, we, we gave them that win. You guys can have that at home make, to make Boston look good. But you wait till tonight. We, it's going to be the wrath of God on, on Boston tonight. We're going to win. That would be I awesome. I guarantee that, man. That would be yeah. awesome. If if that happens, gonna... then I'm giving you big-time flowers. If it doesn't happen, then I'm blaming you. <laughs> 888-760-3776. You, you, in your words, why, why have the Heat built this two games to one lead? Because if you listen to ESPN National Radio or watch SportsCenter, it's, uh, oh, the, the refs are being unfair. Yeah. Even though we had the most lopsided free throw playoff game that I can remember. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, they, they, the Celtics are beating themselves. Oh, you're right. No, the Heat had nothing to do with them with 27 turnovers. You're right. By the way, StatMuse tweets, Jason Tatum's been guarded by P.J. Tucker for 127 possessions this season going back to the regular season. 15 points. Jason Tatum has scored in those 127 possessions. He doesn't wow. have that dog in him. Like even I remember like a month or so ago, we had this discussion on this show, and y'all were trying to convince me I should be afraid of Jason Tatum. I said I have an appropriate fear for his ability to score, but when it comes to the playoffs, I am not afraid of that dude. He is beatable, and you saw that. At home, he had 10 points, and P.J. Tucker took him out of the game. P.J. Tucker got him so bad and so in his own feelings, he faked an injury to go to the locker room and regroup. Uh, That's how bad he got it. Even if the Celtics do win tonight, you know who's not going to be scared? This guy. Yeah. Uh, you have stood on all 10 and I'm said, we're not you. in trouble. I'm telling you. When, when I woke up on Saturday and checked the line and we were seven-and-a-half-point dogs, I was <laughs> like, on. whoa, we lost hope a little bit on Friday's show, but Damn, like Vegas mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. lost hope in these guys. Mm-hmm. And and they got out and got that dub. And so that was really surprising to me. Um, uh, it, it, it's Listen, this is playoff basketball. This is what happens. You got to be in it for the long haul or you just you, you don't have it. You know, Kevin's in Boca. Kevin's on Ken LeVick Alive. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I wanted to chime in. I'm a diehard Celtics fan okay. down here. But the main thing is that the Celtics, they lack a ton of poise. And Miami Heat have poise all the way through. Um, the main thing is that, you know, whenever I think uh, CO mentioned, like the foldability, we have that completely down. So the, the Heat has, you know, they've been bringing a lot of pressure. Oladipo's been excellent, um, you know, one-on-one coverage. Um, overall, just the poise that the Miami Heat have is just far, you know, superior than the Celtics. And if they don't win tonight, the Celtics, then you guys got the series for sure. I, uh, That's a very I, and appreciate the call, point Kevin, of view. But I, I knew that. <laughs> it is an objective point of view. I also think that it, when you have the talent the Celtics have, have so much at talent. some point it does beat out poise. Yeah. I think tonight probably ends up being a talent-beating poise situation. It, it can. It can be. But, again, the, here's going to be the key to tonight. And, and Kevin's absolutely right that, I mean, he didn't talk about how much more talent that they may be, especially when you just break it down to how gifted is each of these players. Tonight, if the Heat do go on a run, how do the Celtics react? Do they start bickering back and forth at each other? Are yeah. they are they are they arguing ref with yeah. refs for calls? Does it continue to unfold? Because that's what's happened. Game one and game three, once the Avalanche started rolling, twenty five point lead. This is going to be an urgent Celtics team. But oh yeah, the Heat have shown that you can you can knock them out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. What, it's like the Heat have that heavy haymaker punch ready to go, and it's yeah. how are they gonna how are they gonna react once they get hit by it? The point still remains. There's a difference between most talented team and Better team. Yeah. And I think some are mistaking better team and talented team when discussing the Celtics in the heat at times. Similar thing happened when the Celtics had the Nets in the first round, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people would look at that Nets team, and that was the argument. I mean, they're the more talented team with KD and Kyrie. It was the significantly better team, the guys in green. Exactly. 
And I think it's 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 going. I mean, it's twofold there. Theo, I, I think you missed Kevin coining your phrase there too. He used foldability. foldability yeah. yeah, I like foldability. We, we might have to start using it. Here, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna write it down right now. <laughs> it's officially part of the Ken Levicka Live vernacular. Foldability. I used I like that one that. on uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons too when I talked about the Celtics. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's and right. Hard. Yeah. So it's him. It's him. I love that. Um, by the way, he didn't hear Chen. Are you serious? He didn't hear Chen. Chen in South Florida. All right. No. Ooh. What we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna take a break. Come back. We'll finish up. We'll tidy up some things here for hour number one, and then we'll get into the lunch hour hour two. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a whole lot more heat stuff, NBA playoff stuff. And Theo's gonna hear Chen in South Florida for the first time as he took over Carlin and Canty on Friday and and oozed heat culture. So we have a lot, a lot, a lot to do, including Temple of Troll with Theo Dorsey as well. He is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. Still in the bandwidth. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN One Hundred Six Three. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 1063. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Here is the heat injury report for tonight. Jimmy Butler did participate in shoot-around. Tyler Hero is already out. We talked about that. He has a groin problem. Uh, Jimmy Butler, knee questionable, intent to play. Kyle Lowry, hamstring. Max Drew's hamstring. Gabe Vincent, hamstring. P.J. Tucker, knee. All intending to play. So really no different from how (laughs) the rest of the series Mm. has been. But again, Jimmy Butler did participate in shoot-around. Eric Spolstra was asked about what we were chatting about at the onset of the show. Peyton Pritchard, who again, to me, gutless coward. Uh, grabbing at Jimmy Butler's knee. Mm. I thought it was dirty. I thought it was a dirty play. You guys were, eh, whatever, it, it happens. I thought it was a dirty play. I think it, it contributed to Jimmy Butler not playing in the second half Saturday night. Eric Spolster asked about that today at Shooteron. Quote, I didn't think that that was a basketball play. Mm. So Eric Spolster is not happy. Not happy. He's in He's in my my frame of mind. Trent, it, I'm, I can be convinced. Dirty. I'm, I'm starting to come. I'm, you know, I'm on the fence, and I can, I'm starting to come over to the. Uh, <laughs> you deal, handle it, man. Give me Spolster's response again. Uh, let's see here. The exact it was, was not a it, I did not think it was a basketball play. Translation: He broke the code. He broke the code. That's right. Hey, you know what I that love means? it. I need I mean, a hard UD screen. UD breaking your face. <laughs> yeah, I need a hard <laughs> screen. Yeah. Yeah. See, the problem is he's a guard though, so and he's not really going to attack the lane. So you, it's UD. I'm not sure how much UD can impact him unless we get him into that pick and roll. Give him a nice hard screen, I, a high, high pick and roll. That's why you got to go up big. Yeah. I, I would pay a lot of money for a hard <laughs> UD screen on Peyton Pritchard here tonight. Get yeah. that shoulder up. Oh, yeah. Or maybe just get an elbow up. Just to send a message, not to like hurt him yeah, don't in a hurt major him. way. Yeah. Well, you kind of want to hurt gotta him. Got to shake him like, up a bit. Yeah, shake him. You make yeah. him think about it. Exactly. Remind him of why he shouldn't be uh, reaching for knees anymore. Yeah. Rest and, of the series. and if UD roughs up Peyton Pritchard a little bit when they come back down to South Florida for game five and he has foot and ankle pain, he can go to Baptist <laughs> Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, like we think Peyton Pritchard might, you need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care his office is conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. When we return, Theo meets Chen in South Florida. Also, there are receipts. Also, there are call-outs to come. We're cocky because the Heat are up two games to one. We're feeling it on this Monday. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.